Welcome back to A Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife. Uh, this is the commentary for The Gunfighters Episode 3. Uh, episode 1 and Episode 2 I enjoyed massively. So let's launch straight into Episode 3. So I'll count us down in 5, 4, 3, 2, let's go. Why do I always say bum when that sounds really rude? Doctor Oho, which is you know where the uh, that the kind of the reverse who is on there. That's where I got Doc Oho from, which is uh, the name of my blog. Uh, and it seems well stuck because a lot of people know me as Doc Oho now rather than Joe, which is interesting. Okay, Stephen's in a lot of trouble. The doctor is out of prison, but uh, his friend is about to be lynched. I think Dodo's been kidnapped, hasn't she, by Doc Holliday? It's your last chance to hide. Last chance of singing. <laughs> that song. Uh, in a recent episode of To Watch Who um, podcast, uh, that song was declared like one of the worst songs of all time. Uh, I can see why somebody would think that, but I just I don't know. I think it's a really fun attempt to do something new. See, this is what Hartnell mid-season three. Uh, where he's kind of about to be written out in various ways, but he's like on top form in this. Um, maybe, maybe here's an idea to put out there. Maybe it isn't Hartnell that's the problem. Maybe the schedule was the problem, and perhaps if they, you know, made TV then, like they make TV now, uh, you know, what do they do? You know, like ten episodes across a year. That you know, he would have had the time to learn the lines to give the material. You know, I know his memory was going, but maybe um, if the the schedule was less strenuous, like even Troughton, who was you know younger and uh, obviously his memory was a lot uh, more reliable. By the end of uh, his tenure, he was exhausted by the schedule. Like then you know they were bringing out what forty episodes a year. That's 40 weeks of the year they were making this. Probably more. <laughs> Hartnell being manhandled. Why is that always funny? <clears throat> That's like a hell of a silly image. I'm surprised I still wasn't made of that with... Um, Stephen with the noose around his neck. But that's the thing about Donald Cotton's scripts is he, it's all fun and games until it isn't. Um, and obviously in the Myth Makers, that ends on a uh, horrific massacre. And this ends in bloodshed as well. Uh, and I like that. I like the um, uncomfortable nature of that of uh, lulling you into a full sense of security and then uh, <laughs> shocking the life out of you. Right. Stay out of this 
Oh, I love Charlie. He's such a he's such a charming character. It's such a shame that um, he meets his end in this episode. This is probably like the worst example of um, you know like dreadful mock accents in Doctor Who, wouldn't you say? Oh no, of course not. Uh, that belongs to um, uh, Louis Fiander in Nightmare of Eden. Are you claiming superior knowledge? Yeah, that's a dreadful action. Oh, potentially Nicola Bryan in Case of Angelina episode one. Maybe they wanted some sand to get some gloss. Yeah, there's a fair few accent slips throughout Colin Baker's time as well. But my point is, is hire American actors. Like there are lots of American actors. And whilst they're giving good performances, there are lots of accent slips in this where it's clear they're not American accents. See, that's a flat behind there. Look, with the liquor store. That's a, a, a flat. But it looks, it looks like it's lit up. It looks very effective. I think the production value on the gunfighters is severely underrated. And carry him slow. Gone kind of mental. These lyrics. Herbs heavy blow. I don't know how you guys feel, um, but Doctor Who, obviously the formula of Doctor Who is that there is no formula um, until an era chooses a formula. But, um, you know, given the fact that there are lots of different eras, that, you know, those formulas are malleable. Um, I do think it is open to try practically anything. Um and there are several westerns throughout, isn't there? There's this, there's a town called Mercy, um, Big Finish um, took a stab at a western in a town called Fortune, which was a, a Sixth Doctor and Evelyn story. Um, I studied westerns when I was uh, a nipper and uh, I really hated them. I, I, I don't really enjoy westerns. Um, but I did come away with a, a greater appreciation of them uh, when I took them apart. And that sense of kind of um, wide open space, the frontier town, um, the lone stranger coming in. Um, I can see why they're popular because they are really fun, like storytelling tropes. Plonk Dr. Stephen and Dodo into uh, that genre and a lot of fun shoes and it does it it's an incredibly fun story i feel some discussion of dodo is um pertinent here because rarely has a companion had uh, such an ignoble reputation as dodo god bless her like um jackie lane in like the, the one interview that i've seen her in talks about the show very kind of pleasantly even though she was kind of dropped into it and dropped out of it very dramatically um 
she's she's a she's not the most well-defined character and i wouldn't say she's even the best actress but i think what this season desperately needed was um a sweet fun character after like the deaths of katarina sarah kingdom losing vicky you know it became a very adult very serious show for a little while um and she kind of injected the fun again it's like it's like dropping a child back into doctor who she's not really an adult she's an adult but she doesn't behave like an adult um she's very excitable and she's a bit stupid at times and but she's that kind of um perky doctor who companion in the male mold that uh probably you couldn't center a story around but you know provides uh, fun and and some fun moments in the so i really like her in the celestial toy maker as well when she's playing the games <laughs> she's a bit stupid but she's a lot of fun i think this is probably her best story though and i think seeing where she so i think it's in this episode where she holds uh doc holiday hostage that is really really great um because she's clearly crap with a gun um and has no intentions of shooting him but she tries to sell it she, yeah look she's a little, a little too wimpy to being a western isn't she so that's quite fun it's all right i just ran into an old friend he uh, Ah, oh, Doc Holliday's so good. Doc Holliday. Now, there's a character I would love to have come back, but you'd constantly have to be doing westerns. But Anthony Jacobs is so good. He couldn't have been a companion. He's like, he's a lead actor, isn't he? But oh, I would love to have seen him again. Ah, here we go. Introducing um, Lawrence Payne as Dastari. Looking smoking hot, may I say. Um, and he's in a scene in a minute with Kate where they're both looking really hot. That's Doctor Who going for like, you know, sex appeal. He's truly a villain because he's about to kill Charlie as well. Like, and he's smoking. Good grief, smoking in Doctor Who. Outrageous. But Lawrence Payne would turn up again in the Leisure Hive as oh gosh i can't remember the guy's name he's he's like the the ruler on in ledger who dies in the first episode um he goes all gray and the buds fall off his hair um and then of course a much bigger role in the two doctors uh as dastari uh, which is kind of like a maligned performance but i think he does it really well mind you he's kind of locking horns with um actors of the caliber of patrick troughton so, uh, but I think Lawrence Payne is uh, a really strong actor in, in his own right. But this is probably his best performance, that like he's most committed. He wouldn't be out of place in a Hollywood movie here. And he is putting on an American accent and doing it rather well. And boy, does he look handsome. <laughs> it's something about a bad boy though, isn't it? Personal business with Doc Holiday. Now, Mr. Ringo, excuse me, he needs to take me none of my business. I think he, he suffered an accident in 
later years, like a filming accident, he um, was doing fence fencing, and I think it was a Peter Moffat. Peter Moffat was the director from the eighties. I think he was um, doing a production where he was the director. And Peter Moffat, there was an accident uh, whilst he was dueling with somebody, and he hurt his eye, and he was sent to hospital. And said, look, if you just stop filming and let your uh, retina reattach, or your whatever it's called, something in your eye, um, you'll be fine. Uh, and he didn't. He went back to work, did the fight again, and would then was like blind in one eye from that point on. Which is why in the two doctors he wears those um, crappy glasses because uh, he was a bit nervous. What people do for their art, eh? Oh, no, surely this ranks top 50 deaths of Doctor Who. Because Charlie's so nice. Although, look how he dies with the bottle in his hand. The bar moved then. And I'd say that's the first production, a glaring production error in this. And we are two and a half episodes in. Now, probably any other story from this season, I would be able to point out um, production errors much, much earlier. If it sounds like I am doing, uh, trying to create justice for the gunfighters, that is because I am. Because I think it's very good. I think people that don't like it, uh, I'm willing to bet that they're people that don't like Westerns, really, and don't feel that Doctor Who should be West, uh, kind of moulded in the Western mould. Um, but it commits to that genre, and um, read the script, like read the book, the Donald Cotton novelization. It's a great story, and he's clearly like a master wordsmith. The dialogue sparkle. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Doc Holliday laughs at Dodo, uh, pointing the weapon in his face. But you know what? It's so charming because he, then he's like, um, okay, fine, I'll take you back. Just at the moment, you're aiming right between my eyes. Oh, I'm sorry. I think Hartnell's appeared in about two minutes of this episode. And to be fair, it's going along at a fair old lick, so we don't really miss him. But you've got Anthony Jacobs here giving a leading man performance. So uh, you kind of do have a lead in this. It's just not William Hartnell. And interestingly, in the final episode, oh my word, sorry to interrupt myself, but uh, Kate is coming in in her nightwear to discover Dodo in Doc Holliday's bedroom. Has Doctor Who become a bedroom farce? Oh, I suppose that was the Romans, wasn't it? I love this, where Dodo faints. <laughs> She's so useless. How can you hate her though? Like she's so rubbish, you can't really hate her. I want to do a, a a dodo and Mel crossover. Imagine, imagine the enthusiasm that would be in that story. No, I was going to say at the climax of this story, 
Hartnell um, isn't really involved. It is Doc Holliday's um, ending. Uh, he's the one that kind of leads the charge against the Clantons, and he's the one that kills everybody. And you can't have the Doctor shooting everybody down. But this is a Western. How can it end on anything other than um, a, a, a showdown? A Town Called Mercy, which I do think is a really strong episode, it kind of dodges that a little bit um, and throws in a bit too much science fiction at the end. Stephen needs a haircut. Stephen's hair is ridiculously long at this point. It feels like he's auditioning for the 70s. The doctor's starstruck. Do you know who that is? Johnny Ringo. My God. Um, would you mind just signing my, my book here? I have uh, the signatures of all the important figures of history. I love Willie Hartnell. He's... He's known as this like crotchety old man, and yet I think he can absolutely be the most lovable of doctors. He had this period during season two where he's kind of like this uh, doddery, crazy old granddad. Um, uh, think like um, the web planet echoes, dear boy. <laughs> you know, just what are you doing over there, fiddling about with that wretched old ragged old tie? Come over here and learn something. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's becoming really silly. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is he's even better at being, you know, a dominating force. Uh, you know, a moral crusader, you know, full of outrage and bluster. Miss Dupont. Young Stephen is following up, and I've got to wait. You mean regret has gone after Hardy alone? No, no, my dear Martin, no. She's gone with a young man by the name of Ringo. Ringo? Ringo? Yes, yes, you were. You've got a photograph of him here. Yeah? You've got a photograph of him. It's a wanted poster. <laughs> oh, the story's great. Why, is he another friend of the Clinton? Ringo's a friend of nobody. Professional gunfighter. Sells himself to the highest bidder. Yeah, like imagine like switching on the TV now, um, the, the set, the actors, the costumes. You would think you just turned on a western. Here's a question: Hartnell uh, obviously was an actor of some esteem and had um, a, an impressive list of credits before Doctor Who. Um, but you know those movies, they 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 don't repeat so much, and obviously um, the his TV shows, the Army Game, and things like that, uh, they don't repeat so much. Do you think that he would be as well remembered if he hadn't played Doctor Who? Like he's still watched across the world. Like Doctor Who fans are everywhere. You know that tour that. Peter Capaldi did during his time proved that Doctor Who fans are literally everywhere around the world. And, you know, you've got to think that even fans of the new series dip into the classic series. 
which means Hartnell's being watched around the world by people, you know, now, 30 years after his death. It's such a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's like that the, his art, that his skill is still admired all these years on. I think it's wonderful. It's um, a crying shame, I think, how he leaves the series. Uh, and an adventure in space and time, even if it is, you know, slightly exaggerated, I'm sure taps into the emotion that he felt when uh, he was asked to leave the show. But there's a body of work here and there's enough Hartnell stories to still be enjoyed. And I know there's wonderful people online like um, Josh Snares, who, you know, uh, tr um, champion Hartnell's doctor. Uh, he might languish in polls and things like that because uh, he, generally speaking, it's like the current stuff that gets the attention and always has been. But um, Hartnell was celebrated by a certain type of fan and that's wonderful. And I think there's still people discovering William Hartnell's doctor like now. You know, this was 50 years ago, and there's still people discovering this. Oh, gosh, look at this shot. So you've got Johnny Ringo and Kate. There's a flat behind them, so like a drawn picture behind them of like the rest of the street um, going off into the distance. It looks really good. They were, like, very, very good at um, doing perspective um, drawings back in the 60s. I remember in the Aztecs, you've got the uh, the tombs behind them. And, uh, you know, if you squint, yeah, you can tell it's a flat. But if you squint, you can absolutely take yourself to Mexico. And here, you can absolutely take yourself to Tombstone. So Johnny Ringo is kidnapping Kate, essentially, which is what spurs Doc Holliday to go after her and the uh, ensuing massacre in episode four is due. Mm. You're a wired up kid's brother. Like I... <laughs> Maybe that's pushing the comedy a bit too far. I bet that wasn't in the script. I bet that was like a, a, a an actor's tick. Unless the actor genuinely stuttered, in which case I apologise. Like, this has been a pretty serious episode. I think episode one and episode two is where a lot of the comedy is. Episode three and episode four are genuinely played as drama. And this is like a, the second kind of really tragic death in this episode. This poor fella who's um, holding fort at the jail. Who's an innocent. I... Uh, I can't remember what the cliffhanger is. And we're nearly there. Now look, look at that. Black and white um, uses shadows so well. And the way the shadows from the bars are over the body there. Oh, this is the cliffhanger. 
Okay, well, you weren't a particularly memorable character, but um, it is sad that you are dead. So allow us to mourn your passing with a cliffhanger ending. Oh, good grief. The OK Corral is next. The sawdust in the last chance saloon. Thank you, Linda Barron, if that is Linda Barron. Yeah, there's there's no sign of this running out of steam. The bodies are starting to pile up. Um, if I did have a complaint, it is that the Doctor is peripheral to what's going on. Um, but let's just say for one story, we've got a, a, a new lead in Doc Holliday. Um, and just a really strong kind of guest cast around him. Uh, so the Doctor can kind of drop in and out of the story and being cute and funny and just wonderfully Hartnell. Another really strong episode. I really enjoyed that. Let's move on to episode four. See you next time, guys.